You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It is official. He is running for re-election. President Biden, I didn't think, I thought they were going to hold off because of uh, various, obviously, events in the world between Russia, aggression of China. The economy's not doing great. Some of the problems with Hunter Biden, um... It would certainly seem country, a lot of Democrats don't want him to seek re-election, but he is stubborn, he is ornery, and he is running for re-election. So let's play it. This is, he has launched his campaign. Let's finish the job. Boy, that is such an overused expression, but maybe we shouldn't be surprised that he is, in fact, this is happening. Freedom, personal freedom, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. This shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. When I ran for president four years ago, I said we're in a battle for the soul of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead, we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election, because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty, respect, and treating each other with dignity. That we're a nation where we give hate no safe harbor. We believe that everyone is equal, that everyone should be given a fair shot to succeed in this country. Thank you for choosing us. Every generation of Americans has faced a moment when they have to defend democracy. Stand up for our personal freedom. Stand up for the right to vote and our civil rights. And this is our moment. Let's finish the job is the name of it. Now, if the Republican Party are going to lose to this guy, they have no one to blame, <clears throat> excuse me, but themselves. I believe the uh, Republican race should all be about who can defeat Biden. Uh, it comes down to that. And and look at the, the nature of, I mean, of course, they, it, it's all delusional. Democrats don't want him to run for a second term he would be 86 should he finish kamala harris she's even more unpopular than he is um we have problem massive problems at the border we have massive problems around the world he also they they lie about this social security thing and this uh, this voting stuff is another lie it's it's incredible in a video like that that they don't even shy away from complete falsehoods all 
debunked in all lies. You know, this crowd, they talk about what's right for democracy and, you know, the whole business about the election of 2020 and the stolen election. But that's just more lies and falsehoods in that. So there's, there's no way I would vote for Biden. This is a joke. He shouldn't even be president now, uh, let alone four, you know, four more years of this, where there's a lot of talk that Harris would then just become the president halfway through. He would. Now, that time, I do believe it. There were people saying, you watch. This was in um, 2020 into 2021. There were people saying, you watch, by May of 2021, she will be president. Well, they were wrong. Then it became Labor Day. I said that's not happening. They don't want to give up the power like that. And I still don't believe it. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if, listen, it's all hypothetical, but if he did actually win and was was reelected, then I could see halfway through the term or maybe even after three years, he resigns and then lets her become president to ensure and give her kind of a leg up as as the incumbent running. That I could I could actually envision him doing. I'm not saying I would want it or welcome it or or think that that's what people want. But I am surprised. I didn't think I wasn't convinced. I think I thought that they um, would really look at his mental focus his condition uh but look at how with all of these distractions that are happening between president trump getting indicted now the situation with tucker carlson don lemon these are all distractions that play to the advantage of biden because it it just continues to allow him to hide that's how he won in 2020 was by hiding so he is in and right now kamala harris is his running mate now, there's been a, there was a lot of speculation, and you read the tea leaves, that Raimondo was trying to position herself, and Mayor Pete was trying to position himself for a run. Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. It doesn't mean that someday those individuals aren't going to run. They're just not going to run right now. So it's official, and Biden will seek, finish the job. Finish what job? Country is not going in the right direction, and most Democrats don't want him. It's still a long way to go. If Republicans play this right um, with the right nominee, he could, he's in the way. He's blocking them. We'll see if someone's going to step up and challenge him on the Democrat side. But Biden has announced for re-election. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipietro.com it's time for our segment politics this week joining us he is the managing editor inkarising.com it is justin katz and justin i want to start off and not everyone's going to get this but to me it's really it's very very significant what's happening it kind of erupted at the end of last week and i i want the listeners to understand that I covered attorney general, Peter Kilmartin in eight years. He never held a press conference. Couldn't get the guy. You didn't see him until it was election time. He's always traveling, always out of state. 
you know, it was the ultimate at five o'clock on a Friday, they'd release a press release with information. But um, but Attorney General Peter Narona, who had been the U.S. attorney, totally different, very accessible. He'll even hold a press conference when he announces he's not bringing charges to explain why. Well, at the end of last week, and I have a feeling it's going to continue, he really went on the offensive. He did a sit down with the Boston Globe, Dan McGowan, and took issue with Governor McKee. He then did a sit down on Channel 12 with newsmakers. And just to kind of, we'll talk about it a little bit, but to sum it up, uh, he, I like the line. He said, you know, there's 300 lawyers on the state payroll. I only have 100 of them. I don't know what 200, the other 200 are doing, but basically feels his office is understaffed. Uh, they need more funding. He's asking for $2 million. Governor McKee took it out of the budget or won't include it in the budget, I should say. And then basically he – I mean you can look at what has happened, that Governor McKee is being vindictive because he didn't like the fact that Attorney General Peter Narona uh, investigated his chief of staff, Tony Silva, pushed back on that. <clears throat> also had the situation with the ILO contract and then even – Bud Craddock, but what was really extraordinary it was Friday afternoon, and Attorney General Peter Narona is still, this time, was on Twitter going after that Michael Mata in the Memorial Hospital situation. So I want to start off, and I know some people won't get it, but it's it's very significant that you have the Attorney General being so vocal, and especially when it comes to uh, the sitting governor right now. Well, certainly, and on that specific, I think in my view, they're they're really two issues going on here. One's the personal con conflict with, um, with McKee and the other is more focused on, on Narona and that involves his use of Twitter and which McGowan said is a fun read, which, you know, I kind of wonder should, should the attorney general's Twitter feed really be fun? I'm not, I'm not sure that's a positive thing, but there, so there's stuff going on with, with Narona, but I think that with McKee, what, what it made me, one of the line I picked up on in one of the conversations was he said he has no personal relationship with McKee, which reminded me of, basically the relationship between Raimondo and McKee when she was governor and he was lieutenant yes. governor. And I think that, that the point. fact that that's two very different politicians saying that, I think it starts to point to something with McKee. And I think the vindictiveness is a, is a probably first and foremost, and Nerona's still complaining that Tony Silva uh, implied he was being politically uh, yeah the, the ag's office was being political and going after him which is which is ridiculous because to, at, at best tony silver's uh activities while under the employ of the governor were were questionable uh at best so i mean there's a lot there to blame blame mckee for and i think there's that's you know it shouldn't come to that where the attorney general i mean it he did ask for a six percent uh, increase in his budget and and arguably a lot of the things he's going after uh, i mean as a as a conservative uh, i don't think the attorney general should be so active in the in the climate change front for example uh but yeah. but he is so what, what's frustrating is the lack of communication and the fact that they can't they can't really mainly because of mckee they can't work together he's not that kind of a leader or politician. I, I hesitate to call him a leader. Now, on the other hand, something is up with Nerona. I, I've actually, I've tried tweeting at him to, to calm it down because he is, his, his Twitter feed has become incredibly, um, incredibly political, incredibly, I don't know, kind of immature in a way, you know, politically hostile, uh, very, very partisan. And so I think there's that part too going on. Something has is is wrong in Arona's going going awry in Arona. I think he's starting to enjoy uh, the notoriety. Like it had to feel good to have Dan McGowan say in the Boston Globe, "Oh, his his Twitter feeds fun. He's he's going he's he's making a lot of use of it. You know, complimenting him on his use of Twitter." And I think he likes that. Um, but there's there's also you know he's just the way he's one of the other lines he in I think it was McGowan's column he mentions that. Uh, McGowan mentions that McKee went around before the election talking about how Nerona had endorsed him. And so he yes. couldn't be corrupt because he had been endorsed. And I think Nerona, right. so Nerona strikes me, and this is the, you know, armchair psychology, and, sure. you know, but he, it strikes me that he's like the, the good guy, the, the good lawman, lawyer guy who 
got in it for the right reasons and wanted to do right. And he's got, he got sucked into kind of the partisanship in yeah. endorsing McKee. And now that's tangled him up. And now he's getting sucked into the, the lure of Twitter as a, as a way to gain, gain attention. And I think that's sucking him in as well. I think those combined are, are, are bad for, bad for Nerona and therefore bad for the state. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Now, Justin, I'm actually going to disagree, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. And I want to be really clear with everyone that's listening. There's, uh, there's two different Twitter accounts. You have the account of the Attorney General, and that's all just the facts. You know, here's what happened, cases. But then he has his own personal account, right, which is when you're running for office and so on. That's the one where he's very active. You know, I find it's... I'm going to disagree. I find it refreshing. He is, for instance, the fact that he mentioned there's 300 lawyers on the state payroll and I only got 100. So what are the other 200 doing? That's one of those things, Justin, you're not supposed to talk about all the people that are on the payroll for the state. And you and I talk about all the communication people that have jobs and so forth. So I like that. Um, I also think in my, in my view, the way I view it is that we're, we're seeing some sense of regret, which is, the attorney general, Peter Nerone, they, they, you know, there probably was a case and they probably could have made push charges against Tony Silva. But I think they regret it because then right after they don't press charges, Silva turns around and says, oh, yeah, the whole thing was political anyway. <laughs> he went out on a limb and did say that he endorsed McKee. And now I think he regrets it because then a few months later that, you know, whatever McKee was saying back in the fall, it comes back to bite him. Where, where we're going to disagree is, and I understand what you're saying about the partisan stuff, but I, I, I like people that are vocal when it's he knows what he's doing. I know some people don't understand the, the nature of Twitter the way you and I do, but it's a way to talk directly to local media. He knows when he's putting out something, for instance, the way he did against Bob Memorial Hospital or pushing back on, on Tony Silva. He knows the Kathy Greggs, the Ian Donises, the Ted Nieces, the Demagogue. He knows it's it's almost like he's speaking directly to them and they're picking up on it. So um, I, I, I agree. I think it's unusual. But if I have a choice, if I have a choice between Kill Martin, who was in the bunker and would never say anything with no accessibility, and someone that's starting to be out there. And it's my understanding he's not going to let it go. Look at you and I have talked about the millions McKee gave away in bonuses to, you know, state police to wear body cam and those teachers. And Rhode Island has a crime problem. So two million more for his office to. If there's any State Department where I'd say that I don't think they are wasting time or resources. I would say it's the attorney general's office compared to the amount of overtime that the correctional officers get or just all these jobs at the state house so it, just from from my standpoint and i'll give you the final word on it i i kind of find it refreshing that he's being so vocal and especially push back and not say hey i don't care that we're all supposed to be on the same team you know this is a democrat governor who's who's being vindictive and now won't give us the budget increase we want because because i investigated his his uh, some of the dealings of his office Right. Well, and, and to, to be a little bit more specific in my, my comments on the Twitter use, it's, it's that kind of stuff as if, if it were in keeping with, like I said, the good lawman uh, image. And if he were he were being vocal and pressing on issues relevant to him that were that we all could kind of get on board with, that'd be fine. But he, he's just spewing this, the, the standard Democrat progressive lines on, on just about every issue. So like the other day, maybe it was yesterday, he, he tweeted out a picture of of a be careful on the ice uh, sign by a pond, I think, in Jamestown. It said, there hasn't been ice on this in 20 years. We've got to stop climate change. That's just a stupid thing to say. I mean, in my view, Rhode Island act on climate is not going to put ice back on a pond in Jamestown, even if you could directly attribute that to climate change. So he's jumping into this issue in a way where he's saying, I'm going to advance progressive causes here. And it just, that's what I mean, is that kind of thing. He's done a bunch of stuff on abortion and I think other social issues as well, where it's, all right, now you're just running for office. You know, that you're just trying to cater to your progressive base, either that or you're, you're more foolish than I thought you were. That's what I think where he's getting sucked in because that's what Twitter wants as a, 
as an algorithm. They don't want, I'm the good lawman and I need more money to do good things for the people of Rhode Island. That stuff isn't going to get the feedback that the more aggressive, progressive stuff does. And I think that's that's where he, he's he's being sucked into that. And he, he really should reconsider and, and try to keep the suit and tie image more intact. Whether he uses Twitter for that or not, that's that's I'm, I'm ambivalent about that. But that's that he's he's being drawn into Twitter as a way of being more than just as a tool is is, is the feeling I get. And one more final thing on I think it was in the the McGowan uh, column. Um, <clears throat> it was the first time he but he used the phrase "If I were governor, I would." I think he said double the size of the office. So that's the first time we've heard him say that when he was um, investigating, you know, the Jeff Britt case with Matt Aiello, he went out of his way to say he would not be running for governor in 2022. As you look down the line, he sees both Senate seats are taken. He declined to run for the congressional seat in CD1. Um, you have Helena Bonanno folks just sitting out there almost like waiting around um, for 2026 so she can run for governor again. I think it's interesting for someone like Attorney General Peter Narone to throw that. That's the first time I've heard him use the phrase, if I were governor, uh, because I think that maybe could be some indication of maybe he's thinking in 2026 when he's term limited out um, that he would make a run for the, the top office. He, he wouldn't be able to be attorney general again. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, he, he spent that he spent that whole article talking about how important things are not being done in state government. And when we yeah. said, are you thinking of running for governor? He said, I would only run if important things aren't being done in state government. So yes. I mean, he certainly is lobbying himself an alley-oop he on, is. on to run he's making excuses yeah. for his, his pledged his sort of pledge not to or the impression he's led, led people that believe that he was not going to get into that kind of role but he's certainly edging that way which uh, given his his behavior on twitter recently and his his open records record I'm, I'm not thrilled about myself folks quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorising.com right here on the john DePietro show The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz. Now, Justin, I think um, this actually, I was disappointed it didn't get more attention, but you have the race for CD1, Congressional District 1, which is the Cicilline seat. And someone that has now officially jumped into the race, and you and I have talked about him at great length, and that is very extreme progressive Aaron Ruggenberg. And he ran and lost 1,500 votes primary 2018 against McKee. Well, a group of aggressives came out. And I don't think it got enough attention. I took the time to actually read all of their, from Maura Walsh to Cynthia Mendez, who was the Matt Brown, um, you know, co-ran on the ticket with him for the co-op collaborative. <clears throat> and it's this scathing. Uh, also, Jennifer O'Rourke, I think um, Harrison Tuttle, I believe, a couple others. But anyhow, when they really go after Aaron Ruggenberg is... And, and by the way, Cynthia Mendez even goes after Matt Brown. They're these white male saviors, and they're caught up in ego, and they think they're going to parachute in and help everyone. But it's really just their own ego that they're trying to further. And it's, it's, it was vicious going after Ruggenberg. And then I think Maura Walsh, her what she wrote was even more hard-hitting, which was basically she wins, and then afterwards Ruggenberg and these – couple others they're all arguing over who should write the piece in order to win but cynthia mendez going after matt brown and to me almost depicting the matt brown ruggenberg they're the same way these ivy league white males that they act as if they're the savior uh but but they're just in it for themselves and they run these nonprofits, and uh, they're not to be trusted and they go against women and it, it, it was really scathing. I, I don't know why there hasn't been more follow up. If this is any indication of what it's going to be like during the campaign, I think this is going to be tremendous. But I did want to get your 
reaction and thoughts and some of the things that stood out to you from these progressives now uh, are brutal. I don't remember the last time I saw something like that takedown of Aaron Ruggenberg. Yes, I'm, I'm a little disappointed and sad because I, for at least 10, 12 years, I, I've been having a lot of fun pointing out the hypocrisy of the left that they keep putting together, yes. putting forward these Ivy League white male saviors while they're talking identity politics. And I guess that, that joke may be running its course. The, the other thing that came to mind. They've been that, listening to you. Yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's the hard yeah. part. You got to kind of whisper it, you know, keep falling in the trap, please. Uh, but the, I also thought of, um, yeah, I think it was 60s, 1960s firing line with Bill Buckley. He had on this revolutionary Marxist guy. This young guy seemed stoned. And he was actually saying, well, yeah, eventually the revolution is going to come for me because I'm privileged. And I recognize that. I thought of that because he kind of fit that look like the Ivy League yes. white guy with the black close cut black hair. <laughs> and I, that's what that's what I think is happening. You know, I think and I think that's it. It should be a war. It'll be entertaining to watch, but it should also be a warning sign for moderate Democrats and others as they will come for you. I think they think they can stoke these these young, younger identity politics types for for support and enthusiasm and energy and that they'll they'll somehow skate by. But I I don't think that's the case. I mean, as you, you train a generation of revolutionaries and you put identity politics as the main thing that they should be concerned about, they're going to come for you. They're going to you're going to get the guillotine, so to speak, you know, the French Revolution model. That's going to happen. I think we're seeing it with Regenberg. And I think he, he hasn't done himself any favors kind of exiting and going, oh, well, I, I guess I'll just I'll go to Harvard for a while. Well, I'm not elected. You know, I'll keep doing the Ivy League type stuff. Uh, people, you know, where were you when we were protesting homelessness? I think you could feel that kind of vibe. And I, but I think that's what we're getting. We're getting people who are, who are angry. They've been told that their anger is justified. The world is unjust and it's because of the, their gender and their color of their skin. And then you see this white guy come waltzing in after, you know, exiting from politics for a bit and say, oh, I'm going to run for this lifetime appointment, more or less, uh, in Congress. And yeah, you're going to get that pushback. Whether whether it's at that fever pitch yet, I'm not sure. We'll we'll see if he starts bringing in lots of progressive support. I mean, we saw uh, even, say, Pat Crowley and others going against the co-op. You know, so they were saying, well, don't mess up our progressive game here in Rhode Island by That's being right. too radical. So they're, they'll come back and protect Regenberg. And it's, but it'll be interesting. Eventually, those, those grifters like Crowley won't won't be able to hold back this anger i don't think whether it's now i guess we'll see how much do you think it hurts uh the cause and do you think it's going to hurt his candidacy in cd1 it's i'll tell you justin for, for you know people like you and i that have followed this and watched it was um i i just found what they were writing was was pretty dramatic like the behind the scenes tearing the curtain away where they initially think that these two individuals and i'm going to even have kind of put them in the in, in put them together, lump them together, both Matt Brown and Aaron Ruggenberg, where it's almost like the, like the power dynamic is, is really interesting. You have, you know, it's a mostly it's women of it's mostly women of color, as a matter of fact. And they just think initially their initial thought is that these guys are just like Superman. They're unbelievable. They're, you know, these really well-educated Ivy League uh, you know, white guys, but they're so incredible and they want to further the cause. And they're almost like a JFK, you know, mixed in with Martin Luther King. But then at the end of the day, when it's all over, they view them as complete egomaniac opportunists. It's all about them. It's not about the cause. And there just seems to be a trail of these progressives that feel, um, do you think it's it's more of, about Matt Brown and Aaron Ruggenberg, or maybe Cynthia Mendez, for her to be a total takedown and going after Matt Brown. I mean, I, I it, there's there's elements of this that then you're right that do they just end up turning on on anyone that tries to enter into their sphere? I think so, and I, but I think it's you know the accusations of ego and you're in it for your own benefit. I think that goes both ways for yeah. for all of them. I mean. They're, 
but I think a lot of their there's a lot of feeling like okay we'll go with Regenburn and Bergen Brown and others of their of their mold they know what they're doing and so we'll go along with them and eventually it'll be my turn you know Cynthia Mendez or whomever and I'll I'll be you know then I'll get the spotlight and they start so it, I think it's ego versus ego more than anything else I don't think there's any any purity here but I think a lot of it uh, I, yes if it if it'll hurt I, I think it will because a lot of what progressives rely on because when it comes down to it when people really get to understand what they're pushing they don't support what they're pushing which is why they have to pull the tricks like ESG and and all this other stuff and push, push things through courts rather than than you know get votes from the people uh, i think that that's a problem so they they rely on this sort of lockstep support of each other and ignoring things that like we find are funny i mean we you and i have laughed about aaron regenberg out there with a giant gavel yeah. you know <laughs> But he relies on his supporters going, oh, I loved the giant gavel. That was awesome. Right. He showed he knows what he's doing. Once they start mocking him for the giant gavel, what has he got? Nothing. He's, he's got no right. experience, no life experience. He's got he's he's certainly not a populist. He, he doesn't people aren't going, oh, I, I identify with Matt Brown I, you know, I, or Aaron Regenberg. I, he's got nothing except that lockstep support. And if that goes away and these these people, as you said, mostly women of color can can t really ding that support and make the shining armor a lot less shiny. And I think it'll it'll be a big problem for him. Whether whether he can still pull through, that we'll see. I mean, Magaziner manages to do it, and he fits the same exact mold. So uh, that's that's, that's right. one thing. It, one of these elections, they're not going to be able to pull their guy through, and it, it'll be fun to watch when it happens. Yeah, and just finally, the the Cynthia Mendez part. I mean, when you think about it. She could have made all those arguments against Aaron Rugenberg and not brought up Matt Brown. The fact that she went out of her way to go after Matt Brown and they, you know, I think of them in the commercial or whatever. It was a video. I don't think it ever on television. They did the video together of, you know, I think the kids were even it. My dad listens to the Beatles. She listens to whatever it is. And but there's this there's this this image that Matt Brown, Aaron Rugenberg, it's so important for them to be seen standing amongst, uh, you know, people of color and people that are gay and people that are trans and Latino. And because what their, their message, when they have someone take a photo of them in the middle of that talking, the, the billboard that they really want would be, look what an unbelievable great person this he is because he's Ivy League educated, yet here he is with these uneducated you know, various types of minority groups. That's that's what I found the most striking was how she went out of her way to go after Matt Brown because she could have just left him out of it and then just talked about the the Aaron Ruggenberg thing. But I think I think you're right, Justin. I think they have been listening to you. It echoes a lot of what we've been saying. It's kind of funny when with them and they wouldn't even realize it that the light goes on. Like, oh, okay, these guys have just been kind of using the whole movement just to further themselves. And just finally, I, I always found and still do the biggest joke was Matt Brown formed a nonprofit. Uh, I think he was paying himself 300000 a year, and it was to try to eliminate nuclear weapons from countries. I mean, think about that. Think of that in light of what's going on with Russia, Ukraine and China and North Korea. It's it's all just another like like, look how remarkable I am. I'm trying to work towards, you know, world peace. While getting Folks, rich. <laughs> yes, while getting rich. Folks, and I think the wife also had a part in it as well. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log on to their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor of rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log on to their website lawndoctor.com for over 125 years ameriprise financial has provided advice for clients unique goals help millions of americans retire on their terms now as we're at the end of the year beginning of a new year why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today 
Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's it's pretty amazing. Both the Tucker Carlson leaving Fox and Don Lemon also out. Uh, I want to go through some audio. How about Chris Sununu, Governor of New Hampshire? He was on Meet the Press. Listen to him talking about President Trump. You have made one declaration almost universal about 2024. Let me play a montage. Look, Donald Trump is not going to be the nominee, right? Uh, we're just moving on as a party, as a country. He's not going to be the nominee. That's just not going to happen. Here's the good news. I'm going to give you the good news. Ready? I love you. I'm a big fan. Thank you. But you're dead wrong. He's not going to be the nominee. All those quotes were from February and March, none of them from April. Uh, you've seen the numbers. You've seen this shift. You've seen the energy. We've watched Governor DeSantis. Um, what say you now? Yeah, there's definitely a shift, but I still don't think he's necessarily going to be the nominee. Look, I think your poll is spot on in, in all these areas, by the way. I think that's, that's actually a great poll, and I hope folks listen to it. I'll say this. Republicans are rallying. They're supporting former President Trump over these uh, indictments, right? And, and there's a lot of support there. Now, does it actually translate into a vote? We will see. I mean, most folks don't decide who they're voting for until about three weeks before the election. So there's a lot of politics to play out. There's not even a single debate has been had. Other candidates are going to get in the race. So I just think it's it's so far away. And at the end of the day, we want a winner, right? Republicans want someone who can win in November of 24. Donald Trump is a loser. He has not just lost once. He lost us in uh, our House seats in 2018. He lost everything in 20. We should have 54 U.S. senators right now. We don't because of of his message. So Donald Trump is positioning himself to be a four-time loser uh, in 2024. We need candidates that can win. All right, so that's pretty harsh. That is the governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu. By the way, President Trump will be holding a rally coming up in New Hampshire. Uh, but now also, I found this Don Lemon uh, interview, the Don Lemon interview that seemingly cost him his job. And that was, it was, it was on Wednesday. It apparently left. Vivek Ramswamy was on. And what should have just been, he's, he's got a book and he's running for president and they just have him stop by in the morning. And instead, you know, Don Lemon can't help himself. And Don Lemon, who I don't really think is that talented, actually, uh, I noticed with a lot of the, the coverage on him being fired by CNN, that they didn't really even get into the fact that he was the big defender of Jesse Smollett and was then even communicating with Jesse Smollett in that whole hoax. So, but this interview that was on CNN with Vivek, who, by the way, he is very impressive. Now, the guy is successful business guy. He's very thoughtful. He slowly picking up some momentum and so he's on and Don Lemon is just kind of sitting there quietly and he's being interviewed but I want to pick up the part where then Lemon decides that he's going to get into the discussion with Vivek Ramswamy GOP presidential candidate who is you know people are starting to take notice of him he is um, a very impressive individual and then we're going to pick it up with Lemon First is just sitting there, and he can't even have a discussion, Don Lemon, formerly of CNN, without making it about himself. And so I want to pick it up because it's good audio, 
And from what we understand, this was the final nail with the bosses at CNN. Here it is. Go on. I took up a lot of time with Fox. Oh, it's fine. We have time. I don't really see what one has to do with the other, especially consider and using the Civil War to talk about black Americans. That war was not fought for black people to have guns. That's 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 not. That war was fought for black people to have freedoms in this country. Yeah. Actually, that's why the Civil War was fought. Okay. And the sad that part wasn't about fought it. Fought for for black people to have guns. I think. Actually, you know, a funny fact is black people did not get to enjoy the other freedoms until their Second Amendment rights were secured. And I think that that's one of the lessons that we learned. People aren't allowed to enjoy the freedoms. I disagree with you on that, Don. I disagree with you. I think you're doing a disservice to our country by failing to recognize the fact that we have equality before the law. And you live in this country, then you can disagree with me. But we're not. You mentioned that there are three different shades. Don, I think we have to be able to talk about these issues in the open, regardless of the color of our skin. Black Americans today, to say that, compare that to 1865 and 1964, absolutely. I think it's insulting to black people. It's insulting to me as an African American. I don't want to sit here and argue with you because it's infuriating for you to put that to put those things together. It's not right. Your telling of history is wrong. Your what you're saying the history was wrong. That the Civil War was fought. You're making people think that the Civil War was fought for black people, only for black people to get guns and for black people to the have The Civil War was fought for rights. black people in this country to get freedoms, a noble mission. And I think that it, even yes, after right. even but after we succeeded, to, to we had to actually secure those freedoms. It, to reduce it in a speech at the NRA to say you're making people think are you trying to say that black people uh, to get guns? That was that, that was the reason that you're there at the NRA. That was the reason for uh, for the Civil War. It I is think a that's fact. Reductive. It's not and reductive. I think it's Don. insulting. There are a whole plethora insul- of reasons that I, for look, the Civil with War. With due respect, I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to Black Americans, to say that Black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was black part of the Second Amendment. Please, I cannot keep a thought. If you guys are talking to me in my ear. So uh, hang on one second. Notice, so they're that, that yelling at him people, in the earpiece. Say, say what you said again. Black people secured their freedoms after the Civil War. It is a historical fact, Don. Just study it. Only after their Second Amendment rights were secured. They were not secured their freedoms after the Civil War. That is not, you are discounting uh, uh, Reconstruction, you're discounting a whole host of things that happened after the Civil War when it comes to African Americans, including the whole reason that the Civil Rights Movement happened is because black people did not secure their freedoms after the Civil War, and that things turned around. People tried to change the freedoms that were supposed to happen. And you know how they got it? They got their Second Amendment rights, and they actually got, the NRA played a big role in that. But today, Don, the The NRA did not play a big role. They trained black Americans how to use firearms. That's a lie. That's not. The NRA did not play a big role. This is just historical fact. It's not historical fact. The part that I find because you say it's historical fact. The part that I find insulting is when you say today black Americans don't have those rights after we have gone through civil rights revolution in this country. You are sitting here telling an African American about the rights and what you find insulting about the 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 way I live, the skin I live in every day. Here's where you and I have the freedoms that black and white that black people don't have in this country and that black people do have. Well, here's where you and I have a different point of view. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin we should have this debate without me regarding views, you as a black man insulting that but me regarding you as a fellow citizen that you're that's sitting what I think here whatever ethnicity you are explaining to me whatever ethnicity about I'm what tell it's you, like to be black whatever America. ethnicity I'm, I'm i'll tell you what i am i'm an indian american i'm proud of it but i think we should have this debate black white doesn't matter i think we should have this on debate the content should, of the ideas do it, you should do it in an honest way and in a I fair way and what you're doing is not an honest and fair way Okay, we appreciate you coming on. With Thank due respect, Don, I look Thank forward to continuing that conversation. We'll Thank continue you. The conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Pop. We'll talk about China. Yes, it does talk about China. Now, folks, you that go. supposedly led to <laughs> the firing of Don Lemon. Was that exchange? By the way, uh, Vivek was on. He was supposed to be on with Tucker Carlson last night. He was on with um, with Brian Kilmeade, and and it went fine. People thought that. Maybe he was going to hijack the interview and start talking about Tucker Carlson, but um, that did not happen. But Don Lemon would also uh, can't be ignored, and it's a little bit of a an industry thing. But you notice he said, "I can't listen while you people are talking in my ear." Well, in his ear was the producer of the segment of the show telling him, "Enough of this. Go to enough of this. Go to a break. Like, what are you doing?" Um, but that's just Don Lemon. The guy is impossible. Totally different and unconnected, not connected in any way that both he and Tucker Carlson, uh, in essence, you know, left 
or were both fired actually on the same day. There's there's no connection by any stretch. One was successful, the other was not successful. Um, but there were there. Were, I I think Bill O'Reilly uh, kind of rolling out some of the problems that were ahead, and and from what we understand, it it came down from the top. Rupert Murdoch made the decision to get rid of him. Now, this is another piece. This is on CNN firing Don Lemon. speaking out about his departure from CNN. Don was a big part of the show over the last six months. He was one of the first anchors on CNN to have me on his show. That's something I'll obviously never forget. I agree with Chris. We wish him the best. The CNN This Morning anchor signing off his show Monday, just hours later tweeting, I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. Adding, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. They I am to. stunned. CNN then with a tweet of its own, refuting Lemon's account, calling it inaccurate, writing, he was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. Wow. The back and forth coming months after, Lemon made this on-air gaffe about I, women while I discussing Nikki Haley's run for president, people, you know, prompting his brief suspension. Nikki Haley is in her prime, sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you that's talking not Wait. I, That's not according to me. Prime for what? His co-anchors Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins appearing stunned, pushing back. Are you talking about prime for like childbearing or are you talking about prime At the time, Chris Licht, CNN's chairman and CEO, sending a memo calling the comments unacceptable and mandating Lemon participate in formal training sessions. Lemon later telling staff, when I make a mistake, I own it. And I own this one as well. On Monday, amid news of Lemon's departure, Haley tweeting, to women everywhere, don't ever let anyone tell you you're past your prime. That instance, not the first time the firebrand host has raised eyebrows. Is it fair to say this because I'm not a mommy, but is it mommy brain? Is it you? you No. Variety also reporting recently allegations of past workplace misogyny by Lemon, citing more than a dozen unnamed current and former colleagues. Claims Lemon denies. And CNN offering no specific reason for Lemon's firing, but in an email to staff, Licht thanked Lemon for his contributions, writing, Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, adding, we wish him well and we will be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Guys, there won't morning. be any. He is just, what a complete idiot. And folks, I've also been posting, I was actually on CNN with him a number of times. He was uh, difficult to deal with. Now let's go to the big one, new details, Tucker Carlson leaving Fox reason for firing the network's most highly rated and most controversial host but a person familiar with the matter said the decision was made at the very top by fox news chief executive suzanne scott and her boss fox court chief lachlan murdoch tucker carlson tonight wasn't just the highest rated show on fox news it was the highest rated in all of cable television the announcement of Carlson's departure came as a shock to virtually everybody at the network. As you probably have heard, Fox News and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. I wish Tucker the best. I'm great friends with Tucker and always will be. Carlson himself seemed totally unaware Friday as he signed off the air for what would be the last time. That's it for us for the week. We'll be back. According to the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by the same company that owns Fox News, the decision to fire Carlson was made on Friday, but he wasn't told of the move until 10 minutes before the network publicly announced it. While Carlson's show was highly rated, it was also highly controversial. At times, echoing Russian propaganda, attacking vaccines, promoting the racist replacement theory, spreading conspiracy theories about January 6th, and more. Views toxic to many of the network's advertisers. Carlson's firing came just three business days after Fox News settled a defamation lawsuit with Dominion Voting Systems for nearly $800 million. Dominion accused Fox anchors, including Carlson, of spreading false claims that vote-counting machines had been used to rig the 2020 presidential election. You've heard a lot over the past few days about the security of our electronic voting machines. And this is a real issue. But at the same time, Carlson was calling the false claims of massive vote fraud shockingly reckless in private text messages. 
Those messages, released as part of the Dominion lawsuit, also showed Carlson bashing Donald Trump, even as he praised and defended him on air. Regarding Trump, Carlson wrote, quote, I hate him passionately, and we are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. But when Fox News correctly projected Joe Biden the winner of the election, Carlson wrote, Do the executives understand how much credibility and trust we've lost with our audience? Fox's legal troubles aren't over. Abby Grossberg, a former Fox News producer, is suing the company and Tucker Carlson, alleging she was subjected to a hostile work environment while working on his show, including demeaning remarks about women and anti-Semitic jokes. Grossberg called Carlson's department, quote, a big win for viewers of cable news, not just those who watch Fox, and a step towards accountability. Fox calls Grossberg's allegations unmeritorious. As for Tucker Carlson, he has not yet commented on his firing, but it did have an immediate impact on the company's stock, which went down 3% yesterday, meaning that Fox lost hundreds of millions of dollars in market value. George. All right, so that is the latest. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Falcon Pest Services, 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today, 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass., they offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401-739-1322. Thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 401- 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy Enjoy